0: And the best part? You can try it yourself with their 7-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's TV slash poppods to get 50% off your first month.
1: Hi, I'm Mark Striegel, host and producer of this show since 2005. On this episode, we're going to talk some rock, some metal, and anything else we feel like. We're also going to jam some tunes, have a drink, and share some honest opinions. Thanks for listening to the Talking Metal Podcast. Let's get things started. Here's an old classic that sounds just as good today as it did when we were kids. welcome to another edition of Talking Metal. This is Mark Striegel, and we have a very special show with two very special guests and a very special co-host. Back with us on today's episode, Emily Striegel. Emily, how are you? I'm
2: crazed.
1: You're crazed?
2: Crazed. Crazy busy, but good. Happy. How you doing?
1: I'm, I'm good, although my headphone volume is so loud at the moment that my... my, my so I shouldn't yeah. do
2: this? No, No, no. do
1: not do that. My God. All right. (laughs) Now that I'm deaf, uh, let's (laughs) look
2: at Pearl looking at me. Yeah,
1: Pearl's in the bed. Emily just screamed, and uh, (laughs) Pearl is upset, and I'm deaf. Anyways, uh, Emily, who do we have on the show today?
2: Tom Kiefer, oh my yeah. god! Wow,
1: back back on the show. I was trying to remember. I think I interviewed him the last time. Does well, that sound I've, correct? I, well,
2: yeah, I've yeah. never interviewed him. I would remember that because yeah. I'm I'm the biggest Tom Kiefer fan slash Cinderella slash all of it. Yeah, so, yeah. As so you know. it's
1: been it's been a number of years. The last time he was on, I believe he was promoting his his first. Tom Kiefer record. I Um, saw them on that tour. Do you remember? Which, what, three, four years ago at this point? Yeah, I guess. It seems like
2: three years ago. I don't know the exact date, but it was in New York City and they played... um, It was a place that was kind of like Sony Music Hall, but I don't think it was. It was similar.
1: And we've seen them at least twice since then. You've seen them three times. M3, we saw them. M3 twice. I saw them twice. You weren't at 2018 M3, but but, yeah. And they
2: didn't play 2019.
1: Yeah, and they played (laughs) M3 2017. So yeah, and then you saw them just last week in Morristown. Anyways, who is our other guest?
2: Svetlana... (laughs) With <laughs> Pearl's kissing me. <laughs> Svetlana Blitznikova.
1: Yeah, also known as Savy from the band Savy. So she is here and big thanks to Steven Saylor once again coming through with a request for us to interview a really great artist. And Stephen, I, I love when you request... Uh, artists here on the podcast because I get exposed to their music a lot of the time and I've heard I had heard of Savy but I wasn't overly familiar with them and wow what great music so first off let's just say coming into the episode we heard a classic by Cinderella Tom Kiefer's old band I guess I'd say at this point they've been inactive for a number of years now Uh, that was the classic night songs off the night songs album and man that was a big album for me Emily I really loved it I had it on picture disc I think I still have it downstairs on picture (laughs) disc so so great and yeah so what an honor to have Tom Kiefer back on the podcast but right now let's get into a little music by Savy this is a song from a couple years ago this is called Am I Alive By Savy. Yeah, great stuff there. And that, I believe, was off the the previous album, not the new album, which is called Follow Me. So let's right now get into your interview, Emily, with Tom Kiefer. Set this up for us. Now, you had Mm -hmm. seen Tom play during the week, right?
2: Yes. So um, his guitarist, Tony, who's been on the podcast at least a couple times, um, I have interviewed him at M3, and you've interviewed him. He invited us to come down to this acoustics that they were doing in Morristown, New Jersey, really close to where we live, um, that WDHA was putting on, and it was really That's cool. That's a
1: radio station out of, uh, I think, Dover, New Jersey. Yeah,
2: and it was obvious they had a very close relationship with that station, and it was just a one-off kind of thing where they came out to do it, so it was it's really station. cool. station.
1: Eddie Trunk got his... FM start. radio start. Yes, there. Yeah.
2: exactly. And so... He um, was on that it, station
1: for many years, I believe.
2: He was. So, you know, the the audience had all, I think, had to win their way in. Right. So it was a really hardcore audience, and it was very, very cool to see them in such an intimate um, environment.
1: Cool. Well, without further ado, let's get into your interview here with the one and only Tom Kiefer.
2: Hello, Talking Metal listeners. This is Emily Striegel coming at you on this fine fall day I'm so very excited to have with me the legendary Mr. Tom Kiefer. How are you today, Tom?
3: I'm doing well. How are you?
2: Very well. Thank you. Awesome to have you with us. First of all, I just want to say congratulations on the release of your brand new, totally kick-ass album with the Tom Kiefer band called Rise, released just a couple of weeks ago, right?
3: Yeah, it's been out. uh, It came out on the 13th of September,
2: so... It's so I'm not good. we good at
3: math. So
2: it <laughs> <a week. laughs> feels like feels like a couple of weeks ago, anyway. Yeah. So it's so good and so heavy and like hooks you right out of the gate. You know, with your trademark hard rock and blues sound. So, um, congrats on that.
3: Well, thank you very much. We had a great time making it um, with this band. You know, we've developed such a cool chemistry between us musically and personally over the last six years of touring. It was a real Pleasure and um, pretty effortless to to track these songs and and create the record. So we had we had a good time doing it.
2: That's awesome. It's always nice when you enjoy your work. Uh, my, yes. so Tony Higby is a buddy of mine, and he um, for our listeners. That's Tom's amazing guitarist. And he had me come to the your acoustic set this week in Jersey uh, that WDHA radio station uh, put on. And It was amazing because it was like this small audience. It was people who would won, I think, you know, a contest through the radio. It was so cool to see you in such an intimate setting. How was that for you?
3: It was fun. It was, it was really cool. You know, th- those are always the most nerve wracking that you know, <laughs> when you're stripping it down. And just a smaller audience, I always say, you know, the loud rock and roll show with the whole band for 20,000 people is much less nerve wracking, but it it was fun. You know, you kind of get to do a different spin on the, uh, on the songs and you got to think about it a bit, you know, do death of me acoustic, like how's that going (laughs) to exactly. And, um, you know, cause you, you know, but yeah, it was fun. We had a very good time.
2: Yeah. You have to kind of figure out the, change the, uh, the arrangement entirely kind of to do that kind of setting. So that's, that was yeah. really cool though. You've done that in some of your live shows though. I remember I saw you back in New York, like maybe on your first tour with the Tom Kiefer band. And I think you guys broke it. You stripped it down and did some acoustic stuff. Do you still do that in your live show now?
3: Um, you know, we haven't done that for a few years. Um, the, you know, I mean, we still have kind of have the dynamics of having ballads and stuff here and there. But on, what you're talking about in particular was the first year, kind of mid-set. We just sat down on stools and yeah. and did like a like a mini set within the set. Um, I believe we did like one for rock and roll and the acoustic version of Don't Know What You Got and yes. Ask Me Yesterday. From if I remember, and a, and a couple others. So that's fun. I I, I mean that's that that's a a, a cool breather sometimes in the middle of a show you know if you really have a lot of slamming high energy to kind of bring the dynamic down for a minute and then build back out of that. yeah so-
2: I remember that. That was really cool. So at the show on Tuesday, I think it was, it was, so it was you and Tony and then Kendra, the backup singer, and then your lovely wife, Savannah on backing vocals. And the thing that struck me and that always strikes me and exactly what you just said, it's abundantly obvious that you guys are a tight knit group. So tell me a little bit about the writing process on this album. I'm assuming it was a very collaborative effort.
3: Uh, Well, starting with, um, you know, even prior to The Way Life Goes, Savannah and I have been writing together and working together for years. So uh, she and I have pretty much co-written everything on both the, uh, the the Way Life Goes and Rise. But we've brought in other writers to work with, too. There were a bunch of other writers we worked with on The Way Life Goes. And on this, on the new record, Rise, in particular, Kendra Chantel, who you mentioned, one of our bandmates, uh, she wrote Touching the Divine with Us. And the title track, Rise, we actually wrote with uh, Thompson Square, the country duo. Oh, right. Kiefer and Shauna, yeah, Kiefer and Shauna are really good friends of ours, and we've written with them a few times. And, and that song kind of fell out one day, and we thought, wow, this, is, <laughs> this should probably be on the record. <laughs> so um, so that, that was the writing process for this record, you know. And uh, You Believe in Me, I, I wrote myself uh, for Savannah.
2: Oh, that's amazing. Amazing. So is that how it works? You just said the song fell out of you. Is that, is that how it works, Tom?
3: (laughs) Well, it's, um, yeah, I mean, that's what you'd wait for, you know? And I I think all of the songs on this new record are, are fresh ideas from, I would say, you know, from the time this band formed and we started touring in 2013, none of these songs are like leftover ideas from any other project. They're all new ideas. So, um, Savannah and I both write from a place of lyrics first. I, I always have, even, you know, dating back to the early Cinderella stuff, even the heaviest songs where people might think that started with a guitar riff, they always start with a lyric. And then the lyric kind of dictates, you know, because that lyric now you have the subject matter and the emotion that that the song's about. And then that tells you what kind of track it is. You know, is it a heavy track? Is it a ballad? Is it on an acoustic guitar? Um, because you want to you want to project that emotion in in the right way musically so you know the process is always like you know when you write that way you're just walking around all day analyzing your thoughts you know like Mm -hmm. and thinking is that a song idea nah that sucks is this a song oh that might be let's let's write that down let's store that idea and uh, so the last six years you know being on the journey with this new band and kind of out having a new adventure there's been a lot of inspiration and a lot of song ideas that came to us which we just kind of stored I never really finished them on the road cuz it's so hectic when you're touring sure and we just pulled all these ideas out last year when we decided when we got off the road and decided to to um record a record and you know there was 11 ideas out of a uh, you know that just really leaped down and we just decided to as I say finish the book at that point you know where you you know, you just write the song. You sit down and you you finish it. Um, and if it's a good idea, in answer to your question, if it really is a true emotion and something that's a really solid idea, it it does just fall out.
4: Yeah, um, that's really cool. These
3: songs, yeah, they they kind of write themselves when they when they really feel like something that's meaningful to you. And um, so the writing went really quick at that point you know there were really 11 obvious ones to us that we loved started finishing them out and then taken literally as we were finishing them up we were taking them into the tracking room with the band and just laying them down and uh you know at that at that point the creativity of the band comes in in terms of the arrangements and the parts and that that part of it was just really easy because we literally had just stepped off the bus of six years of touring and went into the studio. So we were so tight and everyone in the band is so creative and such great musicians and singers that there, you know, there was not a lot had to be spoken in the room. It was like, you know, I kind of just start singing and playing the song and it's, you know, raw form and everyone just kind of fell in and started you know, they instantly kind of found the right energy. For so
2: the in track. the same you room, are you guys, are you guys all in Nashville? Mm-hmm. So you're, yeah. you're actually talking about being in the same room. I mean, you know how rare that is nowadays.
3: Yeah, no, I mean, honestly, not only in the same room, I mean, this this record is probably the least amount of overdubbing I've ever done on a record. A wow. lot of these tracks are actually live performances right off the tracking floor. I mean, we purposely chose... A very small tight studio that we were all in kind of looking each other in the eye right in each other's faces put on the headphones hit record and you know like if it was the death of me we were saying well we need some angst and heavy and energy here and you know and that's what we went for and we just keep doing passes and takes till we had that performance that we wanted and really recorded it as a band and really tried to preserve as much of the live feel that went down and in performance in the, in the tracking sessions as we could. Um, it, it, you you di- succeeded. Different than most records. Yeah. Di- different than most records I've worked on in the past. Yeah. Um, you know, like, like I said, even, even some of my lead vocals we kept from the tracking dates, we didn't go back and redo them.
2: It's amazing. And I got to tell you, I really love the videos for, I've seen two, one for Rise and one for Death of Me. And I just got to say, I, I appreciate the band, the fact that you guys made these videos because not everyone does that anymore and puts the time and the money into it. And coming from, you know, I'm an MTV baby, you know, I, I really <laughs> dig having the videos.
3: Um, yeah, well, I, I I love that art form. Um, obviously, I came up in a in a decade where that was really, you know, was coming into being, you know, and be really becoming a viable art form. And uh, you know, the right video can just kind of make a song come to life. And I think that the death of me was so much fun to make because because of the subject matter of the song and the amount of you know you know heaviness and angst that's that's in that track um we wanted to portray that you know so it was fun to smash things
2: and, yeah, it was great
3: um, you know, and 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 also to kind of like by way of example we came up with that idea of the intro where the tv's kind of talking to me and reminding me of some of my challenges and then i i got to smash that tv yeah um and you know just kind of saying goodbye to those vocal problems and those legal problems and and the other things that are listed on that screen mm-hmm. that's a powerful thing to do and Um, we put, you know, that's a slice of my life's challenges, but Mm -hmm. everybody has their own. So I I really encourage and hope that when people watch that video, that they'll envision their own things on that TV, you know, and envision envision smashing them and making them go away in your mind because it's. It's a good feeling.
2: Yeah. And, uh, you know, lyrically, you have a gift with, I mean, because the lyrics for Rise, The Death of Me, a lot of the songs on the album are about overcoming and resilience and getting through hard times. Everyone can relate to that. And that's something you've always done really, really well is write music that about your own experience. But it's so relatable.
3: Well, I, I think that that goes to—I I mean, that—that that is a place I've written from for years. You know, even a song like "Nobody's Fool" is about getting over heartbreak, but in a way of kind of saying "fuck you," you know. Exactly. Um, <laughs> you're, you're, you're not going to be the death of me. Right? So <laughs> we've actually been—we've actually been referring to the death of me uh, uh, as as the angry, the angrier <laughs> nobody's fool. So, um, That's great. But uh, so you know, I mean, w- when you when you write from a perspective of lyrics first and you and like i said you're walking around constantly analyzing your thoughts and what you're observing in the world and what you're hearing and feeling um and you wait for those things that feel really real you know that that that's when you know you when you when you feel that that's when you know you have something that's relatable i think and um working with savannah is just amazing because she she writes the same way and she tends to really write from that strength finding strength in your adversity too a lot. So, you know, the death of me really, she, she wrote, you know, 95% of that lyric, she just handed it to me. She, we were sitting in the living room one day and she was typing away on her computer and she said, <laughs> what do you think of this? And I was like, I can really relate to this. Cause but you guys, yeah, yeah, you're a team. She knows a lot you. Of people, yeah, yeah. A lot of people can relate to this. Yeah.
2: Right? Oh, it's so relatable. Um, uh, you know, you're, you everyone admires your, relationship with savannah everyone in the rock scene talks about you guys being this amazing power couple and so i was sitting next to her at the bar after your show and she's talking mm-hmm. about you two having a little listening party on the couch recently just the two of you and i was super excited mm-hmm. to hear what you were listening to do you remember <laughs> you probably have a lot of listening um, parties
3: but i, I... I don't remember. <laughs> I, I honestly don't remember. You were I'm listening sure what to, and your son, to. your son
2: came in. I think your son came in and kind of like rolled his eyes or something or made a face, but she said uh, you guys were listening yeah, to Rush.
3: Oh, no. Yeah. OK. No, actually, she came back upstairs to the green room. I was up there hanging with um, some of the, the radio people and stuff. And, and uh, she actually came back up and said she was talking about that. Yeah. Yeah. The, the I love it. Thing he gets, he definitely rolls his eyes at <laughs> that one. And he loves classic rock, but he, he gets a little tired of hearing 2112.
2: But man, I just love the fact that I love thinking about Savannah and Tom sitting on the couch and probably analyzing the entire album. Was that kind of what that scene looked like?
3: Well, actually, see, that's something that we don't analyze. <laughs>
2: you we just, just sit
4: back and listen.
3: So, <laughs> you know, when you go back to stuff, when you go back and listen to stuff from your, from your youth and when, when you came, were growing up and coming of age and, um, you know, I, it, it's just like. You know, you feel like Wayne and Garth. It's like, you know, those are the, the legends to me. And, totally. Um, I don't analyze the stones. I don't analyze Russia. I don't analyze Kansas and, you know, Skinner. I just enjoy it, you know. It's just, to me, it's just amazing music. It's what I grew up on. So that's that. actually the, the kind of music that we can listen to and step away from, feel like we step away from the art form sure. in a sense, because when, it, when it's your own stuff, you, you never really hear it like other people do. You know, yeah. you're always hearing the flaws and all. So, yeah, um, I usually don't listen to um, you know records after we're done making them for a long time because you've you've heard it a gazillion times in the process. So it's really hard to. But um, the videos help because, you know, you obviously have to listen to it when you're working on the editing, and the visuals are a distraction. <laughs> so yeah, you're yeah. Not, you're not really analyzing the music, The music. you're kind of hearing it more like, Maybe the way other people hear it, so that that's totally. always refreshing when you when you get that thing that has a visual that's a little bit of a shiny object that distracts you from <laughs> yeah. all, all the things on the track that bother you. So.
2: <laughs> love it. So you were talking a little bit about some of your early influences. I love. I always love to ask people, what was your first album? Do you know?
3: The monkeys. It
2: was. Um, oh my yeah, was like god.
3: A, yeah, like the, the, um, God, I think albums in were like $4, <laughs> and, and I bought it in Woolworth or something. I love that show.
2: Oh, my gosh. And, well, uh, the I, funny story. Go ahead. Go ahead. Tell me first, and I'll tell you my story. Well, the song, I mean, the songs. I mean, I still
3: sometimes go back and listen to it. The songwriting is amazing. It you know? is. The, the the vocals, particularly uh, Mickey Dolenz. I just loved his voice. it's oh, kind of smooth, cool rasp. Yeah. And, Ned Smith's guitar playing was great. But the songs, you know, they were just great songs, you know. Yeah.
2: And, and you know, Dolan's Mickey Dolans could do like he could do like the jazz stuff. Remember that song going down when he's like scatting and stuff and yeah. doing the yeah. I, so the monkeys were my first concert. Their eighty seven oh, wow. their eighty seven reunion tour. So that was without Ned Smith, of course. And then you or Cinderella was my second concert ever. And oh, it, cool. it was on um Heartbreak Station. And so I'd been to my monkey show, right, um, like a, few, a couple of years before or whatever, at the Fort Wayne Coliseum, Fort Wayne, Indiana, and it was seats on the floor at the monkey show, right? So I'm jumping up on my seat uh-huh. and everything. So then I go to this one. I don't, it must have been a couple years later. I don't know the time difference, but I thought it would be the same type of deal, but it was general admission, right? So here I am, this tiny little pipsqueak, probably like th- tw- 12 or 13 years old, and I want to be up in the front. and so. I start making my way up before the show starts and lynch mob was opening and the lights went down and you know, that push, you know, Oh, and, yeah. and, oh my gosh. I, uh, they they pulled me out of the audience within like 30 seconds cuz i was like just getting crushed like this tiny little but i was devastated cuz i wanted to be up there to wave at tom Kiefer and say hey here i am you know <laughs> but
3: well, that, yeah those those general admission shows i mean they're, they're you know we love them from the perspective of the energy that's in in those ga shows you know cuz the seats keep things a little more contained but yeah they can get they can get a little dicey they get
2: a little, a little rowdy
3: um I've seen, uh, you know, I've seen hallways that, you know, backstage of the, of some of the arenas just filled like, like an infirmary of people that were pulled out and lined up, you know, yeah. we'd go kind of say, kind of go say hi to them.
2: Oh my gosh. All, you
3: know, because it would get so hot and.
2: Yeah. People, people pass out and. Yeah, Yeah. well, I learned my lesson at that show. <laughs> but anyway, so back oh, to the record, Rise, everyone, all of our Talking Metal listeners, check it out. You are going to love it. It is, it is heavy. I mean, I just, I like heavy and I like the, as soon as that slide guitar, you know, that slide starts in that first track, I was just like, oh, okay, done, sold, take my money. Uh, I expect they're going to, I know you've already started some shows, started a little bit of touring, but what can we expect as far as uh, seeing you out on the road?
3: Yeah, we, we did a six week leg and then we came home for a few weeks for me to kind of do some press and stuff. It's hard for me to double duty that when I'm doing shows because of the, you know, the voice condition. Yes. So I have to be careful. So we took a break to right after it was released and, uh, um, doing lots of press and we're heading back out in October for a little bit. We're going to take a break over the holidays and just keep touring behind the record and, and, sharing the music with everyone out there through next year. Cool.
2: Hardest working band in the biz. Keep up the great work. Can't wait to see you when you come out East. And everyone, check it out. Tom Kiefer Bands, Rise. Um, Tom, thank you so much for being with us today.
3: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
2: All right. Have a good one. You too. Thanks. bye right. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thanks.
1: Kiefer, what was that song right there, Emily?
2: The Death of Me. It's called The Death of Me. And they actually performed this acoustically in um, Morristown, which I was very impressed because they they had to totally kind of obviously redo the arrangement in order to, for it to come off acoustically. So the whole show in Morristown song. was
1: acoustic? Correct. Because we never really spoke about Correct. That,
2: yeah. No, it was just Tony... And Tom, and then the two backup singers, which are, um, of course, Kendra, who's been with them forever, and Savannah, which is Tom's wife.
1: Awesome. Cool. Yeah, I just saw a picture of Tom and his wife on Instagram. They
2: had their anniversary. Happy anniversary to Savannah and Tom.
1: There you go. And yeah, great stuff. And we look forward to uh, catching Tom live when he comes through town again. And what else? Uh, little news Metallica. Announcing a bunch of of dates, right?
2: Yeah, I just, I don't know. I just, well, they were saying on blabbermouth that they're getting ready to announce 2020 um, festivals, US festivals. And it just rubbed me the wrong way, like in a big way, Hmm. because as most people know, James just went back into rehab and he's been struggling for on and off for a number of years. So, why can't you just let it go and be quiet and let him heal and get better without having your publicist going out and saying, we're, we're going to make announcements for big tours in 2020. Just let him heal and figure right. it out and get his life back on track. Just sh- I'm sorry, but shut up for a while. Right, it's give it a like break. It's not like the shows aren't going to sell out. His health
1: needs to come first. It's 2020. Uh, you know, the shows are going to sell both out. both ways, honestly. Oh my God, I yeah. can't. I yeah. can't.
2: They need to just stop I mean, talking.
1: Because we don't know what's going on. You know, James could be saying for all we know they could have been like let's hold off on any announcement and James saying no I'm gonna be well no, I you're can't right wait to do this maybe I, I need I need to know that those shows are going on to get me through this when I mean, we don't know the circumstances however I I my first reaction is is what no. you're saying now
2: even if he's saying that to him or to them sorry if James is saying no 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 guys I'm in we need to keep on promoting no you don't you right. need to take a step back totally out Out of Metallica, concentrating on James and getting healthy. And that means no promotion, no announcing new shows for 2020. It it infuriated me, to be honest with you, knowing so many people who've been in in treatment and rehab. That's not what, you know, that shouldn't be a priority at all.
1: Right. Another big story on Blabbermouth, of course, uh, Tobias Forge of Ghost announcing that none of the Nameless Ghouls will be on the next album, and that comes from our episode last week, guys, our Talking Metal episode. So that was great. I always appreciate it when Blabbermouth does uh, does a little transcription of our interviews, and in this case, a massive transcription. I mean, that's not easy. They had somebody sitting down for hours and hours typing out the interview and putting it up there, and that always brings us more listens and more subscribers and we've had a weird kind of mysterious I mean ghost people say ghost is mysterious we've had a mysterious relationship with Labramouth through the years because I, I don't think <laughs> in, in the early days like back in 2005 2006 occasionally I would get an email back from them when I'd send them a release saying hey thanks but I, I have, I've had I send them a lot of interviews and some they post and transcribe and others they don't but I have not had any emails back from them like hey thanks for sending the link or hey we're going to post this post this in since 2006 so it's it's and i know they get the links i send them because then they end up on the uh on the blabbermouth but i think they they kind of troll me too because there's been certain things that i haven't sent blabbermouth that has ended up on blabbermouth
2: here's the deal it's project management they are swamped they're huge well, now. I think they so don't want to have relationships
1: with the, the, the people that they're, because well, yeah. it seems Speaking like they're, they're playing favorites, you know? No. Well, yeah. they love, Blabbermouth loves ghosts. Anything ghost, they, they post.
2: Yeah. But I, I will say, they don't have time to be responding to everyone, but... I, I do feel like they do give us a lot of attention they talking do. about a lot, oh, And it's absolutely. nice. Absolutely.
1: They've it's been great. They've We been love we Love It's great. The pie when it comes to our success sure. uh, through the years. And that's been the exposure they've given us. And I'm always appreciative. I of don't that. expect
2: an email back from them. You know what I mean? Like right. It's, it's right. great. It's enough that they just post our interview. It's great.
1: Yeah, some guy named Bori, I guess, runs it. I, I don't really know Bory? much about him. Yeah. When we were up at Heavy Montreal, they are like, did did you say, did you, do you guys know Bori?" And I was like, I know of him. They're was like, he there? They're like, he's here. And this <gasps> is like two years ago or something. Oh, God. But yeah, yeah, never meant the guy. Anyways, uh, without further ado, let's get into my chat with Savy. This is the song Broken Wings off the Follow Me album. A great, great listen. Highly recommended. We'll have links where you can check it out on Amazon, uh, up in the show notes. Of course, our website is TalkingRock.net, TalkingMetal.com. And uh, yeah, here we go. Broken Wings off the Follow Me album by Savy And then we will hear from Savy herself here on Talking Metal.
4: I see the tears running I know that we've come to an end I lose a friend I lose a brother I lose your soul and your smile So take a breath for the good times A breath for the bad times For all we have been through Take a breath
1: Mark Striegel from Talking Metal and calling in from, I believe, Bulgaria, Savy, Savy, how are you?
5: Hi. Hi from the other side of the world. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just fine. Uh, it's a pleasure to hear you and to be part of your show. Oh,
1: you bet. And likewise, we're excited to have you on the show. We have been checking out the rather new album, Follow Me. By Savy, mm-hmm. your your band, which is is your name too. And let's talk a little bit about this. This is correct me if I'm wrong. This is your fifth fifth album.
5: No, it's our third album.
1: Third, third album, okay.
5: Album. Yes. Well, we have one acoustic live DVD, but let's say it's the third studio album. Okay. And uh, it uh, it uh, was released this year on March. And it has uh, 11 tracks in it. We always stick to that number 11. It's really special for us. Oh, okay. And so, uh, yeah, it's, again, 11 tracks. Uh, we've worked uh, maybe a year and a half on the on the album. And along with uh, the guitarist Alexandra Zerner, I believe you know her. And uh, yeah. she's been on your show also.
1: Yes, she has and,
5: been. Uh, she's awesome. it's it yeah yeah she's really great she's really talented and uh, we always uh, like to work with her on the arrangements on the ideas because we really feel good together when we make uh, songs and music of course also the other uh, part of the band uh, which is uh, the bass player rally who is uh, our composer he works uh, with me really hard on the songs also the drummer pavlin and the guitarist delian so we really worked hard on the album and I'm really happy with the results, because it's uh, really different from the rest of the albums, from the the first album and the second, The Battle Never Ends. And I believe that this album is really our direction and what we really feel now as a band. So um, uh, I'm really excited about it. The public, the fans like it, they love it, really. And uh, that's really cool. Uh, also, we had uh, two really special guests on the album. Uh, I'm, I believe you know Thomas Vickstrom for from the band Tyrion. Yeah, he made a duet with me on the track "The Art of War," and also Jen Majura from Evanescence. She's really, really amazing, and she participated in the track "To Hell and Back."
1: Right, excellent. Well, let's let's back up just a little bit. You you mentioned Alexandra earlier mm-hmm. Zerner and yes. she is playing guitar and i believe keys on Broken Wings right is that her is that her involvement with this with this album the Follow Me album
5: Not only she's really involved i believe in the almost the whole album we okay. worked with her on the arrangements on the piano parts and most of the guitar arrangements and the solos uh, and as I, as I mentioned, we really stick together and work very good together. So we decided to trust her about uh, the, uh, arrangements of this album. And we are really happy with the results. And we're also working now on some new material again with Alexandra. So I believe there will be some good material coming up soon. <laughs>
1: and where did you guys first meet? Like where did you and Alexandra first meet?
5: Oh, I don't remember really. Yeah, you've Maybe known each other a while yeah we, we just know each other for a while yeah
1: and so it sounds like is she a producer on the album like what credit do you give her like a consultant producer no,
5: yeah, I, I think yeah i think that uh she could be really a co-producer because um, right. rally and her we really uh did the, the most of the job on the album i I uh, write the lyrics and uh, the music on some of the songs. Raleigh, the bass player, uh, as I mentioned, is the main composer. I mean that he works uh, on, the, on the music of most of the songs and right. also on the past albums and etc. So uh, we are something like a team. <laughs> right on. And, and then we, uh, we produce again the, the arrangements with the rest of the band and, uh, and so on. Oh, and I want to mention Marco Baruso from Italy. Uh, he made the mix and mastering of the album, uh, and he did it also for our former album, "The Battle Never Ends." So we decided to trust him again for to to this album. To do this album.
1: Yeah, and the mix. I mean, and the production of the album just sounds great. So mixed in Italy, but did you record it right there in in Bulgaria?
5: Yes, in our studio. Yes, we did Ma- it here.
1: Cool. And yeah, Marco
5: the mix and mastering in Italy. You're right. Yeah, correct.
1: Yeah, because it's some really big, big sounds. The production is great. The Thank songwriting you. is great. Yeah, but, he
5: works with Lacuna Curl now. He's really, really talented. He's a cool guy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And again, we are talking about the Follow Me record. So let's talk about Jen from Evanescence. You mentioned her involvement. Uh, can you talk about how you know her and how that yeah. connection came about?
5: Well, we met two years ago here in Bulgaria on a big festival we played on together and we kept uh, chatting since. So when we started to work on the album, I, I decided that I had to uh, invite her to take part in one of the tracks. And uh, I talked to Alexandra and Raleigh and we decided that maybe To Helen Beck is the right track for her. I mean, knowing her uh, her work, uh, part of uh, Evanescence, her solo albums and, uh, and stuff like that. So we decided to uh, propose To Helen Beck and she really loved it. She said yes, and that was that was really amazing and a really big step for us. So we're really happy to have her in the album. Uh, We recorded the song with Alexandra and then uh, Jen took part in the solo of the song. And then we decided to make also a video record of the of the track and uh, release it as a single later that year. And uh, Jen uh, was so good and so cool to come here in Sofia. Wow! Uh, and uh, we recorded the video just in one day. We had one day to to shoot it all, and it was so cool, so fun together with all these fast cars you will see in the video and the flames and stuff. Right, so, right. So uh, we were all excited about it, and um, and we loved the results. And uh, then (laughs) in September, uh, Jen came to Sofia with uh, Evanescence as part of their European tour. And we had the chance to open their concert in the the big arena, Hermes Hall. Oh, cool. We presented the song together in front of the the, the five or six thousand people that were there. So it was really cool to all, all this experience was amazing for us.
1: Right. Wow, that is great. Yeah, I just saw her play with uh, Evanescence up in Montreal, Canada, here in North America. And yeah, she's she's great on stage, too. Yeah, Good she's stage great. Presence.
5: She's amazing, amazing. She's amazing. Yeah.
1: Like, what's what's the touring schedule like for you guys? Have you been playing shows for to support Follow Me? Or are there more shows coming up?
5: Yeah, well, uh, we made a big uh, national tour to present the album here uh, during the spring after the release date. Uh, And then we had a really tough uh, summer here with lots of dates all around in Bulgaria and around in Serbia. Romania, Greece, and uh, stuff like that. We played on some big festivals along with names like Disturbed or Guan Waves or Wasp. They were here uh, for wow, one cool. of the big festivals. And it was really hard summer, uh, full of full of great concerts, great audience. And we were really excited and happy from all these, uh, all these things and all these places we saw and we went to. Uh, so now we are back in the studio and we are working on some new material. I am working on my solo album that oh, is cool. going to be released maybe next year. Uh, fingers crossed. <laughs> and uh, in November we'll continue with uh, with gigs here in in the country. So you can follow our website and check out for uh, coming up dates.
1: Right. And what what is the website? What's the website?
5: <laughs> It's SavyBand.com.
1: So there is Savy solo material happening. There is new Savy band material happening. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Do you envision, I mean, you just put out Follow Me earlier this year. Do you envision another album by the band coming at some point soon?
5: For sure, another single, a new single coming up next okay. year. But uh, for the album, maybe we'll wait a, a bit because Follow Me is still rolling very hard. So yes. uh, we'll schedule the next album maybe 2021 or something.
1: And how how do you envision your solo material differing? <laughs> what What would be the difference in the sound between what you do solo and what you do with the band?
5: Well, for sure, it will be more acoustic, more natural, more uh, in, intimate—or uh, sorry, can't find the word—but um, and it will be different. Yeah, intimate. Be yeah. Different. yeah, thank you. <laughs> and uh, I've put a demo song on the internet that maybe will be part of the album. It's called Coldstone Soul." So that song maybe uh, will be also part of my soul album, and. Uh, it's something like an idea of the style that I'm going to put on the album. So um, I, I think that, I, I believe that people will like it because they know that I have many sides and I like to uh, make experiments with our music. So uh, I hope they'll like it really because uh, I put all of my soul in it.
1: Right. And when you're doing songwriting yourself, do you, do it like on guitar, piano? What what instrument do you like piano. to write on? Piano. I
5: wish I could play guitar, but I play piano. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, I uh, use that instrument. And, of course, Raleigh is helping me really uh, with the guitar because he plays maybe uh, 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 apart from the bass, he plays guitar, he plays drums. So he's really helpful when we work on some arrangements.
1: Very good. Let's go way back to your musical upbringing. When did you first start singing? When did you first start being attracted to music as I'm imagining it was probably as a young girl?
5: Yeah, I was two years old when I started to sing. And I'm not joking. I have recordings from my mother.
1: Wow, cool. And
5: uh, I, I sing since I can remember. I've tried everything for folk music, uh, national Bulgarian folk music, then opera, singing, and then uh, during my uh, study in the university, I decided to, to go to the rock music and I really found my soul there, so uh, I've never stopped since.
1: And what are some of the artists and bands that have been the biggest influence on you?
5: Well, for sure, I was fan of the bands that were uh, strong during my childhood and uh, uh, during my years in the university and in high school, like uh, Aerosmith or uh, Guns N' Roses, Bon Jovi, Tina Turner, all of these big names that we all know was part of my picture, <laughs> my musical picture. Right, cool. And uh, yeah, so I... I like to, to hear their music and to, be, to, to get inspiration from there.
1: And what is the music scene like in Bulgaria? Is it uh, Are there a lot of people playing in bands or not so many? What, how would you describe the, the musical environment mm-hmm. and scene? Specifically with rock, with hard rock and, yeah. and metal.
5: Well, I, I believe that there, um, the rock m- music scene here is a bit divided in uh, two styles. I mean, uh, really heavy metal stuff and maybe classical rock, blues uh, style on the other side. There are a few bands in the middle, I think. But uh, recently, in the past few years, there are many new bands coming up and many big festivals. Uh, reborn and uh, new ones coming so the the scene is uh, doing really really good recently which is uh, great because we are a small market right and there were uh, ups and downs in the past uh, 10 or 15 years but uh, recently I believe that uh, the things are uh, going really really well
1: good that's awesome That's awesome to hear and yeah, are there any other bands that you've seen locally there that that have excited you
5: Uh, Yeah, they're really cool new bands, and we are. uh, uh, I admire their enthusiasm and uh, their work because they're really good material. Uh, There is really good material coming up uh, recently, uh, good songs, good songwriting. Uh, Some of the bands are working really hard, which I believe is the key to success. So um, I think that also the audience has started to to know more Bulgarian bands and to want to hear them, not only to admire the ones who are coming from abroad or that you are hearing on MTV or whatever. So um, this is a good sign. And I believe that the Bulgarian rock and metal music scene is uh, going in uh, better days.
1: Awesome. That's great to hear. So the the follow me record it is out now and i believe it's up on most of the streaming services right spotify and amazon music and itunes iTunes. so it can be found just about anywhere and we really want our listeners to uh check out the music because i think it's some great stuff and what Thank about you. social media you guys on facebook and stuff like that i think i saw a facebook yes, page facebook
5: right? instagram twitter everything so you can find us almost everywhere in uh, in facebook uh, like you said instagram or whatever so just uh, follow us write us there and we'll be happy to meet you guys every one of you who is listening now.
1: That is awesome. And just a couple more questions. What what keeps you busy when you're not doing music?
5: Well, I like to to paint. And um, oh, cool. recently I'm thinking to, to start painting again uh, because it's really my second passion. And uh, sometimes I really spend days and days in painting, but recently I didn't have the time to do it. So now i'm thinking to start over again because it's really a nice thing to do and to give your energy to
1: cool and do you do a certain style of painting it's like uh as far as Mm -hmm. what yeah i'm trying to think like do you have in are you influenced by certain artists painting painters and just freeform
5: Yeah, it's freeform. I I studied a bit design and that stuff. But uh, when I paint, it's really my style. It's something that I uh, that comes from inside. And uh, I don't believe it's influenced by someone uh, or something. It's it's just me, my energy. Very good. I used to paint t-shirts for our fans. Uh, unique t-shirts. I mean, you you choose a t-shirt with your favorite song, for example, To Helen Back or Follow Me or whatever. And I paint a unique uh, um, picture that shows the, the, the sign and um, the message of the song. And uh, that was a cool thing to do in the past couple of uh, years. And fans were really excited to have their unique t-shirt uh, painted That's by awesome. me.
1: Wow. Yeah. One <laughs> of a, a kind. Really cool yeah. yeah, Cool. So to take us out here, what song can we play for the Talking Metal listeners off the Follow Me album? I mean, you've mentioned a lot of them, uh, you know, including the title track, Broken Wings, To Hell and Back. What, what would you like to play for the Talking Metal listeners?
5: Well, uh, I would suggest uh, To Helen Back, of course, with okay. Jen or uh, The Art of War, whatever you like. It's fun. I, I love all the songs, so I, I'll leave you to choose.
1: Okay, well, I tell you what, let's go with To Helen Back. Again, this is okay. featuring Jen of Evanescence, and this is off the Follow Me record. And we will have links up in today's show notes on TalkingMetal.com and TalkingRock.net that you can use to uh, to get in touch so thank you so much it's been an absolute pleasure
5: thank you my pleasure thank you and see you soon
4: pain is the key to the madness pain is what keeps you alive when you wake up in the darkness when you awake you draw strong I got my eyes still wide open I keep chasing
1: Again, to Steven Saylor, who's kind of the executive producer uh, of this uh, of this show, along with all the other people on Patreon. I encourage all you guys to join us there on Patreon. You get a free bonus podcast. Well, it's not free because you're paying for your 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 participation in Patreon. But you can pay as little as two bucks a month and you get an extra podcast every Friday. Five bucks a month, you get some more benefits, not only the podcast, but you get a Talking Metal t-shirt. You know, it's just a great way to support the show, what Emily and I do, and you know, all the other people we've had involved in this show through the years. Of course, John Astronomy, the co-founder of the show, and Victor Ruiz has joined us here and there, and he's actually on the Mark Striegel podcast, the exclusive Patreon podcast with me. So yeah, two great interviews. So big thanks to Steven Saylor for helping set that one up. And a big thanks to you, Emily, for the Tom Kiefer interview.
2: Loved it. Yeah. Loved it. And I have to say. He's one of your favorites. He is just absolutely one of my favorites. And if you listen to the interview, you know that it was my first rock concert. And the irony of this interview is, and you haven't listened to it yet, Mark, but I asked him what his first album was. And it was the monkeys. Right. And my first concert was the monkeys. My second concert was Cinderella. And of course, I went into detail and told him all the morbid details of my experience at that concert being like pulled out of the audience because I was being crushed basically as like at age, you know, 12 or 13. But, um, I wanted that monkey's conversation to go on and on and on. And I wish I would have had more time with him because he's bringing up Mickey Dolan's vocals. He's bringing up Michael Nesmith's guitar playing. He's bringing up the TV show. And you know, Mark, right. I've watched every single one of those shows at least three times. Yeah. And I just I wanted to go into a little bit more about it, but I almost was like feeling... I don't know. I was feeling a little shy and also like, well, he doesn't want to talk about the monkeys, but maybe next time <laughs> right. I get him just one-on-one at M3 or something, I'm going to like corner him and talk monkeys for a while for right. sure.
1: There you go. The monkeys. You should go on that, that podcast zilch. Remember this zilch is that? awesome. <laughs> we love those guys. Yeah. Okay. Well, we were talking about Metallica. So let's uh, end with some Metallica here on talking metal, wide variety of musical diversity. We thrive on that here from Tom's music to Savy's music to some old school Metallica right here on Talking Metal, a song that I just love. I, I guess I'd call this a deep cut, although it's weird because back in the day it really wasn't a deep cut. Phantom Lord, the first song off a side two off a Kill 'Em All, and man, it, like yeah, for me every song on Kill 'Em All was great, and every song on Ride the Lightning was great, and every song on you know the following two records I thought were great. It, what a what a great band. Anyways, this is super old school Metallica. Phantom Lord, off of the Kill 'Em All record. We wish James Hetfield the best, and we hope he is getting well again. All right, have a great week, guys. We'll see you next Tuesday. Remember, Talking Metal Tuesdays. A new episode every Tuesday.
4: With his sword in hand, you control the blood and bursting metal stripes, I promise right, make my heart to your ways before the blood's full.